Alright, hello, welcome back to the sixth episode of the Triple D's podcast. I'm Devin with my co-host David, and today we're going to be doing our entire NBA Finals breakdown between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, game one's tomorrow at the time of uh, this recording, and uh, I'm super excited. You know, I, there's a lot to dig into, a lot of narratives surrounding this matchup, and uh, I'm just super excited to watch game one, you know. A lot of people saying... A lot of these people saying, "Oh, this is going to be a bad finals." You know, nobody cares about these teams. But if you're a real, if you're a real basketball enjoyer, you're definitely going to like these NBA finals. Um, so like, one thing that I'm worried about for the Nuggets, and I wonder if we can keep up. If can we like keep winning during the minutes that Jokic is out? Even though, yes, obviously he's our star. He's our number one guy. He's most likely going to play like out of the 48 minutes, going to play like 38. But, um, you know, the Nuggets, they've been a little inconsistent when uh, they play without Jokic. But even then, they'll, they'll usually have Jamal in there, and they'll still do pretty good. So, you know, I think that both teams are really going to play the best that they can. I mean, it's the finals. you got to leave everything on the line. But, um, yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? And also, what do you think of the coaching matchup in terms of Eric Spolstra, a very... Um, a very experienced coach, not his first rodeo in the finals, and this is going to be Michael Malone's first time. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, well, going off what you first said, I think that that's been the number one like uh, talking point for the Nuggets this entire postseason run, which is the Jokic-less minutes, because as we saw last year, they didn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter, and they got eliminated in the first round. And that's the whole story because, you know, they don't have a, a reliable backup big. They literally haven't played DeAndre Jordan, Thomas Bryant, or Zeke Nagy a single meaningful minute all postseason. Uh, obviously, the rotations get cut short once the postseason comes around. But I think that's uh, one improvement I've all, I love about Michael Malone throughout this run. Um, that's one way because I haven't always been the biggest Michael Malone fan. But that's one way where my perspective of him, of him has changed because normally I, I don't like his rotations the way he doesn't play guys who are like performing well he just like picks favorites I seem to feel like how it used to be but this offseason he's cut it short he's played a 7-8 man rotation with uh, Christian Brown and Uncle Jeff and Bruce Brown being the only guys off the bench and eventually getting rid of Christian Brown only seven guy rotation and as you said uh, Jamal Murray is going to be in there when uh, Jokic isn't in I think that's what Michael Malone's done all postseason he's exchanged uh, they play when Jokic is off the court, then Murray is in, and then Murray gets his rest for some time while Jokic is in. Uh, Jokic, I think he's going to have to play 42-plus every night. Um, be, uh, just because, you know, it's the finals, last series of the game. You know, every single star player is going to play at least 40 minutes. But um, moving on to the coaching matchup, like you said, uh, yeah, Eric Spolstra, more experienced, but um, they have similar uh, coaching styles, you know. I mean, there's there's certain they both have star players on the team, Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler, but uh, they don't run their offense completely through them. Uh, that that's what you see in some teams, such as like the Suns with uh, Kevin Durant and Booker, just you know let them go to work, you know. And that's why it didn't work. That's why Monty Williams got fired. But that's what you see with the Nuggets and the Heat, you know. Uh, Jokic runs the offense as a point guard because of uh, how amazing his playmaking ability is, along with his shot creating. And Jimmy Butler isn't always the only guy to go off, you know. I mean, we've seen Caleb Martin uh, have good games. We've seen Duncan Robinson have good games. Max Strus, Gabe Vincent. We've seen all those guys have good games. So, um, yeah, I think the coaching matchup, I, I, I don't think that, 
I think if there was a coach to that would be most likely to fold down the pressure, it would be Michael Malone. But he's been in big moments before. He's been to the conference finals two years ago, and now he has this entire postseason run under his belt. I don't think there will be too big of an issue with the coaching matchup. Both both teams will probably play seven to eight uh, seven to eight man rotations, but. Uh, like talking about the rotations, one thing I want to hear your opinion on is Tyler Hero. Like, um, I I saw a report that said he's expected to come back game three, but I mean, I I'm pretty sure like they could activate him for game one if they really wanted to, or even game two, or just you know. But game three is when he would return. Just let me know everything because I've heard a lot of talks. Would uh, I heard Draymond Green talk about it on his podcast? Really interesting point. I just want to hear your. Uh, your thoughts on like if he does come back does he play does he start does he come off the bench does he play any minutes do they even bring him back what, what do you think yeah i was gonna bring that up too so i think that people have like overhyped it a bit if he does come back in game three because um going into game three i think that denver will be leading 2-0 and tyler hero since he's been out game one in the first round I think that he would maybe like mess up a little bit of what they already have going yeah, on. They have some rhythm going with all the undrafted. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like Caleb Martin, Struce, Duncan, like they all have their rhythm. Like that could potentially mess them up. I'm not saying it would, 100. percent But like, yeah, he's he was like their second guy, really their second option during the season, oh, yeah. and their second score. So I think that Miami would give it a shot if he could come back. Um. But yeah, I think that uh, I don't think it would affect Denver as much. I think that they can they could guard him. I mean, they have so many guys that could guard guys like a Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. They got Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon. Uh, they got a lot of guys that could that they could throw at them. Yeah, um, I agree. So what I think what uh, Miami will do because uh, Eric Spoelstra as an experienced coach, I think he knows what to do in this situation. Let's assume he does come back Game Three. I think. If the series is either 1-1 or Miami is up 2-0, then they don't bring him back. But I think if Miami is down 0-2, you put him off the bench in the rotation. And if there's any points during the game where there's some down period, because Tyler Hero, he's a pure scorer. He can, he's a spark off the bench. He can give you 20 points when he wants, no, no matter who's out there guarding him. He, he's a spark player. That's what he's known to do. That's why he got his big contract. That's, that's who he is. So I think... Uh, if you're down 0-2 and you're in, you're in need of a spark, you bring him back. He can provide that for you. He can play alongside Jimmy. And when you have uh, scoring options such as Jimmy, Tyler Hero, and then if you put in a guy who's uh, been productive or and will continue to be productive, such as a Gabe Vincent or a Caleb Martin, alongside, those are three scorers that you have to worry about. And Bam Adebayo can also get his buckets. So, I mean, I think that he'll play probably if you bring him back. I mean, except, like I said, if they're uh, up to nothing or even if it's 1-1 probably. I don't think they'll bring him back, but he's 100% to go right now. They're just waiting to see um, if they want to mess up the rhythm or anything. Because obviously the only reason why a Duncan Robinson is playing this good is because he's getting Tyler Shiro's minutes. Duncan Robinson wouldn't have probably played a single meaningful minute this entire run if Tyler Shiro didn't doesn't get hurt game one. So... But if he's in a rhythm, if the other undrafted guys are in a rhythm, um, I would just let them go, to be honest, as good as Tyler Hero is. But if you need a spark, then I, I would probably bring him in. Yeah, I'd agree if they need like something to just uh, try something to get uh, get them going if they're down 0-2, maybe even if they're down 1-1. Um, but yeah, um, I, something else I wanted to bring up was, what do you think, who do you think is going to be like their number one just 
guy in general that's going to be important in this series because I think it's going to be Jokic just because of how consistent he's been in the in these playoffs. He hasn't had a bad game at all. He's been averaging a triple double. So I think he's going to be a uh, number one key for the Nuggets, especially to win the series. Well. I mean, yeah, obvious. Well, that's like an obvious take. What you just said. Me personally, I think you can't have a star player as an X factor. You can't say Jimmy Butler's an X factor. You can't say Nikola Jokic is the X factor. They're gonna do their thing. Nikola Jokic is dropping triple doubles on a nightly basis. You can't say he's the X factor. The guy I think is the X factor in this series is Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's he has been doing this all postseason with his insane games. He has insane. Uh, he's an insane spark plug. Probably the best second option for any team throughout this entire postseason run. It'll just come down to him, to be honest. You know, he's he's he has his experience. He's been on multiple playoff runs. Uh, coming off the injury, you can't see any signs of that. I think it's all going to come down to him, to be honest. If he can continue to average 32 in a series, if he can continue to have those amazing quarters, if he can continue to produce with the bench lineup out there, I think he's going to be the massive X-Factor because... Um, my guess is they would put a guy like uh, Gabe Vincent on him, or like a Max Roos, maybe even Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray, um, probably their, se- their second best defender, I would assume. So I think it all comes down to that. I think Jamal Murray is by far the biggest X factor in this series for both teams. Yeah, and something else I wanted to bring up too, um, the Heat aren't very that big of a team. Like uh, I think that's also something that Denver definitely has uh, over them. Uh, the Heat are definitely gonna have to play guys like Kevin Love, Cody Zeller that they have that haven't really played meaningful minutes uh, during these playoffs. And like Denver is very tall, just in their starting lineup with guys like MPJ, Aaron Gordon, um, Jamal six four as a point guard, and obviously Jokic. So, what do you think of like what Miami's gonna have to do in terms of that? Um, well, what I'll say for that, I'll start with the, what I want to bring up, which is the Jokic versus Bam Adebayo matchup. Um, I think Bam Adebayo, I mean, obviously he's been a defensive player of the year candidate, uh, like his whole career, but he has shown nothing to me in this playoffs defensively or offensively. Yes, he's had his times. Yes, I feel like he's a good shot blocker and, you know, I don't think Jokic is going to average 60 a night on Bam Adebayo, but I think by far... As, as skilled of a guy Nikola Jokic is, I, I just don't think you can say that Bam Adebayo is going to shut him down. Like, I, I, that's just ridiculous to me. Bam Adebayo hasn't shown anything other than his shot blocking ability to me. He's been getting cooked in the paint by guys like Al Horford, uh, uh, Brooke Lopez. You know, he, he just hasn't been good. This this whole run has been Jimmy Butler and undrafted guys. That, there's a reason why you don't hear the talk about Bam Adebayo. But um, in terms of the size matchup, yeah, I agree. I mean, um. MPJ, I think he's also probably a big X factor um, if he's shooting the ball well because he's had some games where he hasn't shot well, but overall he's been really good this uh, this postseason. But um, I just think they'll probably put a guy like Max Struess on him, just chase him around, make sure he doesn't get shots off. But like you said, when putting a guy on him in Max Struess, he's way shorter than him. So MPJ is going to get off his high-release shots just like Kevin Durant, and he's going to get his buckets. I mean, I don't think you can deny because my pro- if I had to predict, I would, I would say Michael Porter is going to have a really good series. Um, he has advantage, like you said, with the size, and that's just there's nothing really Miami can do about that. Um, I disagree that Miami is going to play like Kevin Loves and Cody Zellers. Maybe Kevin Love I can see, but Kevin Love can't guard Nikola Jokic. I think they're going to man... They're going to match Bam's minutes with Jokic or they're going to go small and double and double double team him every time he gets the ball. So uh, I want to hear for you now on the other side. What do you think are the matchups going to be like on defense for the Nuggets when guarding guys on the Miami Heat? Um, yeah, so I think that 
Aaron Gordon's going to be on Jimmy for most of the series, but I think that it would be smart um, to like mix it up a bit just to give him some more looks to try to confuse him a bit. Um, I would put Jokic is going to be on Bam, obviously. Jamal on Kyle, because Kyle's been very inconsistent, had more bad games, I'd say, than good games. But um, MPJ on uh, Struess. Struess comes off the bench, I'm pretty sure. So I uh, gave Vincent starting, so they would probably put him on. Or no, they would put no, KCP Struce, on. Struess starts and Kyle, Kyle Lowry comes off the bench for them. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I played uh, Jamal on Struess. Um, KCP on Gabe Vincent and MPJ on Caleb Martin. I would like that. I think that's a matchup that uh, I would be looking out for. Yeah, I think that Aaron, the Aaron Gordon Jimmy Butler matchup is very like weird. I feel like the Nuggets are in a weird spot. Every single assignment that Aaron Gordon has had throughout this playoffs has been a bit has been a big guy. Carl Anthony Towns, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, a bigger guy. Jimmy Butler, he's a six 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 seven guy who who's not strong and drives to the rim. He tries to, he's uh, fast, he's shifty, he can get shots off easily. So it, it it's a different situation. Can Aaron Gordon step up to the occasion? I don't think he's going to shut down a Jimmy Butler who's in the finals, who wants his first ring. I don't think it's going to happen. But is he going to be able to do just like what he did with Kevin Durant? Sure, he'll be able to slow him down. Just like I, I mentioned in the past episode, Kevin Durant averaged 30-35 in the series. Was he efficient? Not at all. And I think Aaron Gordon could do the same thing. Um, I feel like that'll maybe also benefit Gordon with the height difference, uh, him being able to tower over Jimmy Butler so that Jimmy can't get to his, uh, his soft spot in the mid range and shoot, shoot over Gordon. But, um, yeah, it, it's pretty weird, but, um, that'll be an interesting, interesting to watch. I mean, when we do our, uh, recaps after every game, then we'll definitely be watching that Aaron Gordon, Jimmy Butler matchup for sure. Yeah. And I think something that's like a little interesting would be. Um, in terms of uh, Denver's home court advantage, I feel like Denver has now one of the best places to play at in terms of if you're Denver, because I think that if they turn into one of the most like intimidating places to play now, you could include the altitude if you want, but like I would put um, Denver up there with like playing in Golden State in Sacramento. Obviously, Sacramento hasn't been that loud a couple of past years, but this year uh, they've earned it. Um, so I think that Denver, when they're going to play on the road, I, I think that they'll probably lose one game, either game three or four. But, um, yeah, so I'd, I'd consider that too. Yeah, I think it'll be electric in both arenas. Um, if I had to give the – I mean, I don't know if it'll be that much of a design factor, but if I had to give the up to one crowd, I'd probably give it to Miami just because based off of past experience, like it, during the LeBron days and all the finals in the Spurs, you know, that, that those are some of the loudest arenas I can imagine. But obviously this is the Nuggets' first finals appearance. Every single fan's going to be there. Um, both stadiums will be loud, but I think the altitude actually does have a really big impact. Um, I saw a quote from Aaron Gordon that when he played in Orlando, he said, like, he, he hated playing against the Nuggets in Denver. Like, his muscles would ache. Like, he'd have to, like, hit the bath for, like, two days at, uh, two days after the game, you know. And it, it, it takes, like, a week or two to get to adjust it to. The Miami Heat, and we can talk about this next. They're coming off a quick turnaround. They played in a Game 7 in the TD Garden on Monday. And on Thursday, they're flying over to 5280 in Denver. And they're going to play against the Nuggets at their home court. Um so I, th- I think it does have an advantage. Is it going to be the deciding factor in the series? No, but I think it's a huge advantage, to be honest. 
Yeah, I'd agree too. Like the Nuggets, like they have to use that as their advantage. They've had ten plus days to rest. You know, they got the best um, situation possible in Miami winning in seven for them having to play as much as they did. Yeah. So yeah, like always today they're in town as as of this recording on the thirty first. But um, yeah, I think that's that has to at least help them a decent amount. And like you said, not the deciding factor. Yeah, for sure. Um, but one thing I want to get into about the Miami Heat is, as a Nuggets fan, I am scared of Jimmy Butler. Man, I would not be surprised if he averages forty this series. And I, I'm not. I'm. I'm seriously saying that I am scared of that man. He, obviously, he wasn't playing that well in like the last uh, three, four games of the Boston series uh, when they were up three nothing. But that man is scary, dude. I mean, th- there's also a universe in which. Uh, Aaron Gordon can't do anything on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler can just drive by him. Jimmy Butler has like a that weird play style where he doesn't he doesn't have the height or like the athleticism to like get up the rim and like dunk over people. But he he's smart. He pump fakes, he draws fouls, he uh evades defenders, has shifty layups, you know, that's what he's good at for that. So I'm scared of Jimmy Butler for sure. But talking about the Miami Heat, if you had to pick one guy who would be the X factor for Miami, who do you think it would be? Man, I would probably, it would either be Bam or Caleb, just because Caleb, like, you want to see Kenny keep up his great shooting in the finals, and, or you can make a case for Bam is, in, in the finals, is he finally going to step up? So I would probably ultimately, ultimately go with Caleb, just because they've been able to win uh, without Bam having to play so well. Yeah, um, the obvious answer I think would be Bam Adebayo because can he rise up to the defensive occasion to guard the best player in the world? That is probably the number one question about the entire series. Can he step up and guard Jokic and can he give you a solid 15-20 a night in the finals? That's my that's my obvious X-Factor answer. But my other X-Factor, just all the undrafted guys. Can they keep it up? They've been doing it for three series. Gabe Vincent has had multiple 20-point... He's had a 30-point game. Duncan Robinson, multiple 20-point games. Caleb Martin, multiple 20-point games. Max Strews, 20-point... I mean, like, there's a reason why the Heat are in the finals as an eight seed. The, all these guys... You can credit the Tyler Hero injury for some of it. All these guys have stepped up, like, to an amazing... Like, I can't even describe it. Like, it's awesome to see. Duncan Robinson, like, after not playing any minutes in the playoffs last year not even getting rotational minutes in the regular season he automatically steps in and he just does what he does shoots the dang ball uh max Struess been playing amazing good shooting he's had some off games but he's been good gabe vincent same thing like can they keep it up you know uh i think you know jamal murray will jamal murray will probably be a guy on uh on a gabe vincent you know they'll probably have guys like mpj chase around max Struess, chase around duncan robinson um KCP, you know, they'll, they'll probably have their wings chasing around their shooters and uh, Struess and Duncan Robinson. But um, one, but probably the main X factor, I would think, if he does return, is Tyler Hero. Because I, I think people disregard that Tyler Hero is a very good basketball player. And he is, if he's coming off the bench, he is really good. Like Because right now their sixth man is Kyle Lowry, who, like you said earlier, has been really inconsistent in these playoffs. So... I think if Tyler Hero comes back and can give that spark, give them 20 points off the bench, that's the X factor, and that could ultimately lead to Miami winning the series. So I'll give my takes on like what I think would give Denver the edge and what I think would give Miami the edge. I think what would give Denver the edge is if Jamal Murray keeps it up. 
if you have uh, Jokic scoring 25-plus point triple-doubles a night and Jamal Murray scoring 30 every night, I, th- I think the Nuggets take this series, no doubt about it. Even if even if Jimmy's averaging 40. That's why I said earlier, Jamal Murray is the biggest X-factor in the series. For the Miami Heat, it's Bam Adebayo and all the undrafted guys. Can they keep it up? For both, So basically the same thing for both teams is what I'm saying. Can the guys keep up their play? Because we've seen some crazy play. I don't think anyone expected Jamal to, to be this good of a player, you know, averaging 30 in a conference finals. They, yes, he's the second option, but this much. And nobody expected the Heat to make it out of the first round against the power powerhouse Milwaukee Bucks. Yet here they are because of what their role players have done. So can they keep it up? That's the big question. And I think in the first two or so games, I think we'll see that and we'll have a good idea of how the series will go. Yeah, so my edges would be uh, giving Denver the edge. I think that I would give, I would say that it's mm, probably their shooting ability because they. I think Miami also has been uh, great at shooting as well. But like guys like KCP, Bruce Brown, Jamal, um, even Aaron Gordon at times, like that game one against uh, Phoenix where he was like five for five in the first half. Um, I think that that's going to be, I'd give them an edge on that. And for Miami, uh, part of it would be their undrafted guys, see if they can step up uh, just one more time in the finals. Uh, but I would give it mainly to um, the fact that uh, like they've been able to come so far with these guys uh, that like this finals would just be like the icing on the cake for them. So I think that, uh, yeah, also they're undrafted guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the big talk, just, you know. And, you know, obviously the stars. Do I think Jokic is going to, like, somehow play his worst basketball of his career? No. Do I think Jimmy Butler is going to play the worst basketball of his career? No. And I don't think anyone's expecting to. It would be a huge surprise if any of them do. And if either of them do, I could see either team sweeping the other team if that happens. But that's not going to happen. But next, I I just want to go game by game, what you think is going to happen, like, as we go. So, I mean, I'll start. The first two games are going to be in Denver. Um, honestly, I expect Denver to come out guns blazing. I, I want them to take a 20-point lead in the first quarter in game one. But if there's one game that Miami's going to come out coming off of energy, it's going to be game one. If there's a game that uh, Miami's going to steal in Denver, I think there's way better chance of them stealing game one over game two because they're coming in hot uh, off of the off their win against Boston and Denver. Who knows? There's advantages and disadvantages to them having 10 days of rest. I mean, you you could say that like, oh, they have too much rest. They're all well-rested. They're, they're going to be casual. They're not going to, you know. But no, this, this is a team in the NBA Finals. You're not going to see that. But if I had to say, honestly, I might give game one to Miami just because like, I can so, like, this isn't even, like, talking analytics or anything. This is just from me watching basketball. I can so just see, like, the Jimmy Butler breakout, the Duncan Robinson great shooting game one. I'm just getting flashbacks of Boston and San Francisco in game one. The same exact thing happened. It doesn't mean, obviously, Golden State won the series after losing game one, while a lot of people are like, oh, Boston's a way better team. I can see the same thing happening just because of that, but... I could also see Denver coming out strong. And then in game two, I think it's either... I, I don't think Miami's going to take both games in Denver. I, I 
highly doubt that'll happen. It'll either be 1-1 or 2-0 Denver going back to Miami uh, because I think Denver will, if Miami kicks their ass in game one, I think they are going to, they are going to say, okay, come on guys, like, come on, we can't, we can't lose this, we're coming off all this rest, we can't do that, so that's what I say for games one and two. Yeah, so for game, I think every game played in the series will be a high-scoring game, even though both teams have pretty good defenses. But I think game one will be the lowest-scoring game, but Denver comes out on top. Just because even though Denver, yes, they've had a lot of time off that could hurt them. Um, and this might not be the best example, but because definitely uh, Minnesota's a different team than Miami, but uh, Denver had a lot of time. Uh, to rest uh, before the before their first round series, and they came out guns blazing game one. That uh, blew out the Timberwolves, so I don't think they're going to blow out Miami in the first game, but I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game, and Denver is going to win by, like, I'd say five or four. So, and then the second game, I think that it's going to be one of the more high-scoring games. I think that Miami would get really close, and I would, I would have to give... I would give Denver the advantage there just because, um, oh, but actually, sorry, going back to game one, I think that uh, even though Miami, yes, they are coming in hot, um, I think that the altitude plus them playing literally two days ago um, is going to affect them. Uh, so I think they're going to be tired in game one, and in game two, they're going to be a little bit more rested and more ready to play. Um, so I think... I would give Denver still the advantage um, in game two. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell just happened, but my let fucking mic stand just came off, so I'm just going to hold this shit the rest of the episode. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's nice. But, um, yeah, so I can see either 1-1 or 2-0 for Denver both ways. And um, going to game three and four Miami, it's going to be rocking. I think if it's 2-0 Denver going to Miami, I think Miami will take game three. If it's one one, I think I think the Nuggets are just gonna come out and just I, I don't I don't know man it's tough. I said um, I would probably get, I would say maybe two two going back to Denver if I if I had to pick because like I don't know man I just it's so hard to not to like discredit the Heat and all like you know what I mean man like in all these categories to yeah. discredit the Heat. Because nobody said anything of them against the Bucks. Nobody said anything of them against the Celtics. Like, everyone expected them to lose, dude. And they just keep doing it. So it's so hard to talk about it analytically. When you talk about it just from a basketball viewer standpoint, it's just like the Miami Heat are just that team. Like, you know, they're just good. But I guess if I if you if you had to give me a prediction, I'll say that I say that we'll go to go back to Denver 2-2. And Miami will win at least one at their home. Yeah, so I, I agree. Like, if it's 1-1 going into Miami, I think Miami would win game three, but Denver would win game four because they would really pick up their stuff there. And then uh, eventually they would probably win. I think Denver overall is going to win in six. But, yeah. Whoa, uh, save the prediction for the end. Whoa, whoa. Yo, edit that out. Edit, edit that out. Edit that out. So I agree. If it's 1-1, I think that Denver is going to uh, probably lose uh, game three if it's 1-1. Uh, win game four. 
Um, but yeah, I think that, like I said, they're all going to be high scoring except for game one. But um, yeah, I think that it'll be going back to Denver. I w- confidently, I could say 3-1. Okay. Um, well, you kind of stole my fucking prediction, asshole. But um, if it is 2-2 uh, going back... I can see a situation where Denver just does exactly what they did to the Lakers and just pounce on them. And I can see them winning the next two. And that's where I'm going to cut it right there. I hate to do predictions because I feel like I'm always a jinx. Like, I swear, every time I predict something. That's why when I go into games, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to say this team's 100% going to win. I'm, I'm just going to watch the game because I feel like I always get it wrong. <laughs> but I'm going to give my prediction. I'm going to say that the Nuggets win the finals in six. I'm going to say that it's 2-2. After four games, and I think that the Denver Nuggets are going to win their first NBA championship in Miami. I think they're going to just come out and be the Denver Nuggets. We've seen this so many times where nobody expects them to be this high-scoring, explosive offense, but they are because Jokic, nobody can guard him. He can, He's making every single shot. Jamal Murray uh, is having his explosive quarters. I could so see that happening again. And so that's why my prediction, I'm going to take uh, Denver to win the last two games of the series and raise the Larry O'Brien trophy in Miami. Yeah, so originally before the before we started recording, I thought it would be uh Denver in five, but Miami is just way too good of a team uh to go out in five, I believe. So I, they would win in six in my opinion. Um and yeah, like Denver I, in game six I think it would be sort of a blowout. Call me crazy, but I mean they blew out the Celtics in their own home, so and also a little nugget for you. Uh, the Broncos won their first championship in Miami. Uh, Colorado Avalanche won their first uh, championship in Miami. So it's destiny, all right? It's so all don't coming call, together. Call me crazy. It's all coming it's together. All, it's, yeah, it's all destiny. And the Rockies, we can just ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Rockies. destiny. Denver in six. But all credit to Miami. They're a great team. I don't think anybody should and is uh, overlooking them because yeah, I'm um, happy about that. Yeah, coming from the pl- going from play into finals is uh, something very amazing. Yeah, and um, on the contrary, one other thing before we wrap up, I want to say is that I don't think the series, I don't think the series is going to go to seven. I don't think it'll, I don't think there'll be a game seven in Denver no matter what. I think if the Heat win, they're going to win in six as well. I think they're good. I think. Both the teams, they've shown that ability to just pounce on teams. They did it to the Bucks. They took a 2-1 lead, and they never looked back. They beat them in five. Um, they did it to the Celtics. They pounced to a 3-0 lead. And, but the Nuggets did it, too. They swept the Lakers. Like, nobody expected that. They swept a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis who can easily take a game from any team in the league. So, I think if the Heat were to win the championship, I think it would be in six in the same exact situation. I think it would be 2-2. Miami would stun everyone and win game five in Denver and then go home with the momentum and take it. So that's what I would say. I think this year is going to end in six. Uh, I don't think the Heat would win in four or five, but the way I could see the Nuggets in four or five is they just have a complete, if Miami just has a complete breakdown, they show their, their stamina, how tired they are coming off a seven game series. Like nobody's really shooting well. Like you can tell that the energy is bad. They're, they get deflated by the crowd, all that. That's the that's the scenario I can see where the Nuggets win in five probably. I highly doubt it'll be a sweep, but so yeah, that's just what I want to say. I mean, yeah, for Miami, if they were to win, I, I I would say just I would say in seven because 
uh, like the lot, even though they did get really unlucky uh, in the last series against um, Boston, you know, with that uh, game winning buzzer beater with 0.2 seconds left by Derek White. I think that uh, they're not they're not the well. I mean, they did beat the Bucks in five, and then uh, the Knicks in six. But I think that they would have to win in seven to beat the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. All right. I think that's all. If you got anything else. Uh no, I think. Uh, so I'll bring this up. Why not? Uh, something that I found really interesting is that I and I didn't know this. Uh, that Calvin Booth, like a, a couple of days before. Uh, the trade deadline. I'm pretty sure he guaranteed, like he had dinner with Monte Morris, for, former Denver Nugget, now a Washington Wizard. He guaranteed him that he would not trade him. Uh, and then a couple of days later, obviously we know that Denver traded Monte and Will Barton for KCP, which was very interesting. I did not know that. Um, I'm surprised that Monte even still has like a lot of good and kind things to say about Denver. Because he was very happy for Denver uh, once they, I think, once they swept the the Lakers. So, uh, yeah, that was very interesting to me. Yeah, that's one thing. I also, good thing you brought that up. Shout out Monte Morris. Shout out Paul Millsap. Shout out Gary M. F. Harris. Like all those guys, they built the foundation for all of this. Um, you know, they had the Nuggets had a lot of draft misses, but they had a lot of draft hits, including Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Nikola Jokic, which is the foundation of the championship team. And one other thing I also wanted to bring up real quick, going back to like what I talk about and like the media is obsessed with the Lakers and all that. Um, the whole talk when the conference finals started was, oh, this is the exact same conference finals as the bubble. The, 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 you know, that means the bubble was real. So I feel like, so the Heat made the finals. They did the same thing in the bubble. Nobody has said a single word about the bubble being real now because of the heat making it. But I guarantee you if the Lakers made it, oh, their bubble chip is real. Yeah, no, 100%. That ring is real, 100%. But nobody has mentioned that the heat made it back with really similar rosters. So I just want to hear your thoughts on, like, do you think that's true? Like, why do you think nobody's bringing up the bubble? I mean, they're definitely not bringing it up because... LeBron didn't yeah, make it, of and, and like that team, literally the Lakers were so much more different back in the bubble. Like they had KCP, yeah, 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 yeah. they had um, Danny Green, oh, brother, White Howard, Javale McGee, Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was crazy. So, um, but yeah, I think that they're not bringing bringing up Miami also because, uh. You know, even though it's weird because Miami, they don't get as much credit. I think it's mainly just because they were an eighth seed, even though they are a big market team. Uh, they were just very low, so I think that's why they don't get as much respect, maybe. Yeah. All right, so if you if you don't have anything else to say, um, let me know. If you don't, then that'll wrap up the sixth episode of the Triple D's podcast. Um, we're super excited for the NBA Finals, you know. Go Nuggets. We'll be cheering for the Nugs as hard as it is for me specifically to root against Miami and Jimmy Butler. Um, I'll be rooting for the Nuggets. Uh, we're going to try to give you guys uh, game recaps after every single game of this series, break down the game, uh, our thoughts on everything and all that. So I want to thank you all for watching again, and we'll see you in the next episode.